cookies are good. Joey was talking about cookies. Um, have you, anybody ever had Crave cookies? We're not going to start the war, but Crave is better, personally. Um, but I, as I was thinking and listening to the Lord and, and wondering, what, what, what do you have for us this morning, Lord? What, what, do you want, uh, what do you want to speak to your people this morning? And uh, Cookies weren't the first thing that came to mind, but cravings did come to mind. And then, of course, my mind straight, because I, I think I have a little smidgen of ADHD in me. Uh, <laughs> my, my mind went to crave cookies. And then I started thinking about cravings and, like, uh, and, and like, pr- like pregnancy and, and different things. But in my own life, when I crave, like, all of a sudden, boom, I need a crave cookie. I need, uh, maybe it's not crave cookies for you. Maybe it's like, I just need some chips now. Or, like, I just, it's like 1130 at night, and you're like, wiener snitchel now and like it's uncontrollable it is unexplainable it's illogical sometimes but you have to have what you have to have it's just something within you just burns and you will not you will not let it go you will just go to any length at any point to get whatever this to satisfy this craving that you have within you anybody ever been uh, i don't know about you maybe it happens to me like at 10 10 p.m on the dot something within me changes and it's like <laughs> i'm walking and i don't know why and i'm going to the camp, the pantry um but then so often have you find this true i have this craving and then i get this thing whatever it may be not just food that just happens to be my analogy but you get the thing that you've been craving and then all of a sudden you're disappointed it didn't lead it didn't live up to the hype, if you will. It, it, didn't, it didn't satisfy. And so then you go searching for more. You feel, okay, well, maybe it was another chip that I needed. It was that second crave. <laughs> Please don't ever eat two crave cookies. That would be horrible. They're very large. But it's just, an, uh, maybe it wasn't the chips. Maybe it, is the, maybe it wasn't the cookie. Maybe it's the this. I'm just, again, using food as an analogy. But what are the things in our life that we crave? And what are the things that we're trying to fill those cravings with? Is what the Lord began to speak to me. And so often we're, we're disappointed with what we try to fill our cravings with. I believe, and I think it's very evident in the Bible, that all people are the creation of God. He created all people in his image. Prior to us ever being here, prior to any sin that ever happened, he created people in his image. We are his workmanship. I'm a musician, and my craft is audible, but I marvel at people that can make things that are visible because I can look at things like the beautiful I don't even know what type of painting, sculpture thing to call that, Anne, but it's a thing. And it's, unf- it's beautiful and unfathomable and just like the amount of time and effort and, and just every little thing is just placed right by the creator. And looked back, I oh, know, just tweak a little bit. No, I didn't, okay. No, ah, okay. And time and effort and love went in to every single person that lives on this earth and has ever lived. We are his workmanship. We are his craft. We are his creation. It says in John 4, 24, that God is spirit. So God is a spirit being. And if we are created in God's image, we are also a spirit being. We obviously have this earthly body, this fleshly body that we live in, but we also have a spirit living inside 
And I think that we all have natural cravings put there because of our creator, right? We have the cravings within us because we are much like I look similar to my mom because I came from my mom, right? We have similar features. I have similar features to the father, right? And the, the, the more I grew and morphed and I see this in my own children, I could see different aspects of like with my with Owen, I can see Rachel sometimes, whether it be in his natural features or his personality or his, you know, humor. I start to see a little bit of me, a little bit of Rachel. And so as we grow and we mature, we can see different aspects of God inside of us. At least we should. I think that there are things like love and joy and peace and freedom and unity and acceptance and belonging and identity and hope that are all cravings from the Lord. Don't those things sound like God? And I think the whole world has them, whether they know Jesus or not, whether they are following him or not. We all have these cravings, these desires, these longings within us. And we all go to great lengths to satisfy them or to to, to have those be fulfilled. God desires for us to, to, to live free and to fi- fulfill his purpose that he set for us before we were even born, before my mom ever thought about having me. And I was in the mind of God. And not only in the mind of God, like in Jeremiah 1.5 saying that before we were formed in our mother's womb, I knew you. Before you were born, not just knew you, but before you were born, I sanctified you. Before you ever did anything, I sanctified you. And I ordained you to be a prophet of the nations. He's talking to Jeremiah. So he had purpose and plan and destiny and things put into each one of us prior to ever coming, prior to anything being done to you or you doing anything. God knew you. It says also in Jeremiah 29, 11, a lot of us know this, for I know the plans that I have for you, plans to prosper you, not to harm you, plans to give you hope and a future. I love those things because those are like weights and measures for, for me in my brain, uh, whether, th- you know, things are happening. Is, is, is this something that is giving me hope and a future? Is this pl- a plan for, uh, for prosperity in my life? So then I can, I can ask the question, is this something of God or not? And it's pretty black and white. I love black and white things. I'm a fairly logical thinker. It also says in John 10, 10, the latter half of it, that, that I have come, Jesus is talking, I have come that you may have life and have it to the full. I love that God isn't just a get by God or a just, a, just barely a month to month God. He's a God of abundance He's a God of overflow. He's a God of excess, of extravagance. And that is the life he's called us to. And Matthew 7, 11, it also says that he desires to give his children good gifts. Just like an earthly father, even, the, even at times probably the worst earthly father's desire Maybe they don't have the means, maybe whatever, but the desire within each one of us for our children is to give them good things. How much more, it says, how much more is the Heavenly Father going to give you good things? So, we must die to the flesh. 
Because remember, he's a spirit being. And he wants to give us good gifts in the spirit. But we must die to the flesh. It says, pick up your cross daily. It says his mercies are new every morning. Don't you think there's a reason where there's a daily occurrence? Don't you think if it, didn't, if it just needed to be pick up your cross when you meet him or his mercy is new when you find him and then you go on, there's a necessity for daily. There's a necessity for every morning. Every morning, I'm in need of his mercy. Every morning, I pick up his cross. Every morning, I die to my flesh. Every morning. And 2 Corinthians 5, 17 says, anyone who belongs to Christ has become a new person. The old life is gone, and a new life has become, or has begun. And in Galatians 2, 18, it says, I am a sinner if I rebuild the old system of law that I already tore down. For when I tried to keep the law, it condemned me. So I died to the law and I stopped trying to meet its requirements so that I might live for God. My old self has been crucified with Christ. It's no longer I who live. There's a huge one. The world is all about what, 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 is your, what are your desires? You know, what's your plans? What are you going to do when you're, like, it's filled throughout, from a young age in schools. What, it, what follow your, follow your heart. No, follow God. Your heart is deceitful and, and evil and wicked. But God, before you were even born, set out the best plan for you. Don't follow your heart, follow God. If you don't, if your heart, Every time I've tried to follow my heart, it's led me astray. It's led me into weird places, and it's been all kinds of hurt and pain and brokenness. But when I have followed God, miracles have happened in my life. So that, that Galatians 2 reference ends with, um, it is not, no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. So I live in this earthly body by trusting this is how I live, by putting my trust, by putting my faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. We have to die to our flesh. His mercies are new every morning. But I don't know about you, I find myself struggling with this because I seem to focus on trying to bind up the flesh still. But a dead man doesn't need bindings. He's dead. But yet I'm distracted by what is going on. I, I keep trying to earn my place with God or, or earn my forgiveness or prove my righteousness or try to satisfy those cravings. I get love or get, get acceptance or find my identity or, or whatever it is through different things. And it's like binding. And a lot of the times it's what ifs. It's not necessarily that you're just living a life of sin, but it's what if I sin? What if this hand, go ahead, she's going to, yeah. What if this hand might steal? What if this hand might be greedy and take too much? What if that I might as well tie it up? My mouth is bound. 
I cannot speak his word. I cannot declare upon my life. I cannot declare upon my children. spend so much energy, so much time, a lot of times with just what ifs, but sometimes I'm in the midst of struggle and real sin, and I'm trying to earn my forgiveness by binding that down instead of doing what I should do, which is run to Jesus. There's no hope in trying to bind it yourself. Galatians 5, 2 Paul is pleading with the Galatians. He says, listen, I tell you this, that if you are counting on the thing of the day was circumcision for them, that was the have to or don't have to. We all have our own have to's or don't have to's or should do this or shouldn't do this, should go there, shouldn't go there, should watch this, should listen to this, shouldn't, should, whatever. Fill in yours. For them, it was circumcision. If you're counting on, really it's, if you're counting on yourself, if you're counting on your own strength, if you're counting on your own ability to make you right with God, then, this is hard to hear, then Christ will be no benefit to you. He says, I say it again, if you're trying to find favor with God by being circumcised, you must obey every regulation then, every law, everything. You can't just pick and choose right? Are we all so guilty of this? You don't like this one thing, but you're okay with this one thing. Mm -mm. If you're going to go and get righteousness for yourself or cast judgment and righteousness for others on one thing, then you better do it all because Christ is no longer a benefit to you. It says you got to follow all of the laws of Moses. For if you're trying to make yourself right with God by keeping the law, you have been cut off from Christ. And you have fallen away from God's grace. Sometimes I read too fast and I don't slow down and let God speak to me. I don't want to be cut off from Christ. I don't want to fall away from his grace. His grace is the only thing that is sufficient. Being bound might give us the appearance or the feeling of safety, but we're, we sure aren't free. We've traded shackles to slin of, sin of, and, uh, slavery to sin to bounds or bindings of, to our own laws and regulations and rules. We're no better off than before if we rely on our own strength to bind what we should or shouldn't do. Like it says, Christ is no benefit to us. We can't live free. We can't worship him. But Galatians 1, or 5, 1, says Christ has truly set us free. Isn't freedom and bondage opposites? So if you are bound, you are not free. And the, my Bible says that Christ has set me free. This is a declaration that we declare over our life. In every area of our life, we prophesy to ourselves. Before we see it, we say it. Faith, belief in the things that we cannot see. 
So as you feel bound, you command it. I am free in the name of Jesus. And the next morning, his mercies are new. I am free in the name of Jesus. I will walk by the Spirit, not in the flesh. I am free in the name of Jesus. I have your goodness. Father, you have not left me. Your mercy is new every morning. Romans 8, 1 through 6. There is there no... Or there, is therefore now no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus, who do not walk according to the flesh, but according to the Spirit. For the law of the Spirit of life in Christ Jesus has made us free from the law of sin and death. For what the law could not do in that it was weak through the flesh, God did through sending his son, his own son, in the likeness of sinful flesh on account of sin. He condemned sin in the flesh that the righteous requirement of the law might be fulfilled. The requirement of the law that we're trying to continue to hold by binding ourselves down has already been fulfilled through Christ. Was he not enough or was he? I need to start living like Christ was enough for me today and tomorrow. It goes on, the righteous requirement of the law might be fulfilled in us who do not walk according to the flesh, but according to the spirit. For those who live according to the flesh set their minds on the things of the flesh, but those who live according to the spirit, the things of the spirit. For the car- the, to be carnally minded is death, but to be spiritually minded is life and peace. Those things that we crave, life, peace, joy, love, gentleness, kindness, goodness, identity that we need and crave. Jesus came to set the captives free. He came not to condemn the world, but to to save the world, to free the world. Where the spirit is, there is liberty. There is freedom. Mm. Jesus has not called us out of sin to live into bondage. He's called us out of sin to live free. For freedom I have set you free. Galatians 5, 6 says, for when we place our faith in Jesus, there is no benefit in being circumcised or or uncircumcised. What is important is faith expressing itself in love. And this is another, I feel like for me in my head, this, this hit, and it was like another one of those black and white moments. Am I filling my spirit or am I filling my flesh? Well, is it faith being expressed through love? If it's not faith expressed through love, then it's not spirit. It's not faith and works that saves you. It's faith that works that will save you. ever have anybody say, you must believe in Jesus and tithe. Believe in Jesus and to be saved, right? Confess with your mouth and believe in your heart, you're saved. Done. That's it. There's nothing other than Jesus and what he's already done that can save us and set us free. So I think we ask the wrong question a lot of the times. Not whether should I do this or should I do that? Can I do this or can I do that? 
think we should ask, is it expressing love or is love expressed? And your answer will be found. We must be, that's so soothing. We must be led by the Spirit. We must be Spirit-led people to serve one another, one another, to love one another. Our freedom is not a freedom of the flesh to sin more. Right? There, there, I forget where it is, but it talks about, well, should I just sin more so grace can just abound more? And just, just the more I do wrong, the more God can show himself? No. No. It, it's not a freedom of the flesh so that the flesh can do whatever. It's a freedom of your spirit so that you can live by the spirit and you can put to death that flesh. Galatians 5:13 For we sorry for you have been called to live in freedom use your freedom to serve one another love your neighbor as yourself It's through this freedom that we have that we get the fruits of the spirit to start to flow out of our life It's through that connection to his spirit that we start to see those cravings be actually fulfilled, actually getting that satisfaction. We find love. We find joy. We find peace and patience and kindness and goodness and faithfulness and gentleness and self-control. We find all the things that the world so hard grapples after. It can only be found through Jesus. He wants us, he wants you to live free and joyful, overflowing with all those things. Do you obey God as a slave or do you honor him as a son? It's a heart posture. Are you toiling as a debtor trying to pay off your debt or are you rejoicing as a daughter? This morning, as we close our time together, I want to challenge you that God is calling you into an authentic relationship with him where he can pour out into your life. He wants to fill every crevice. I talked at the end of worship. I felt like unworthy because when I look at my vessel, I see a broken, cracked pot. But as soon as that Holy Spirit flows and fills, it becomes this beautiful, whole, ornate workmanship. Handcrafted, far more beautiful than anything you could ever imagine. That's you. That's the potential sitting inside you. That's how God sees you already. Will you allow his spirit to fill you? If you'd stand with me as we close. You are no longer slave to sin, nor bound by religion. Rather, you are set free by the power of the Holy Spirit. And I speak to your spirit right now, and I say, live free. As the prayer teams are up here, if there is something that you need, you need to accept Jesus for the first time. You need to say, yes, Lord. They're here to pray for you. You need to lay down a a binding. 
you've been bound by this, not able to something, it's not right. I come and I try and I can't. You're bound. Leave it at the altar and walk away free.